Podcast, Answer Man, episode number 107. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Answer Man. Cliff Ravenscraft here, fresh from vacation. That's right, I had an entire 10 days off. Kind of actually really a a working vacation, but for the most part, I relaxed more on this past 10 days than I have probably in any other vacation that I've ever been on. But that's not what we're here to talk about. If you want to find out more about my vacationing experience and stuff like that, I encourage you to become a gspn.tv plus member and and check out the My Crazy Life podcast, which is my daily audio journal into all things behind the curtains here at gspn.tv and the family uh, known as the Ravenscrafts all together. Anyway, what we're here to talk about today is podcasting, and I want to talk about marketing Marketing your podcast, and I I have no notes in front of me. All I know is that I got a direct message from my great friend, Daniel Johnson Jr., and many of you out there probably know him because he is, uh, he is just this awesome guy that loves to encourage and build up others, and uh, that, that kind of personality is infectious, and, and you just want to know a guy like that, so... If you don't know Daniel Johnson Jr. already, check out twitter.com slash Daniel Johnson Jr. and uh, get to know him. You'll you'll be uh, thanking me later. Anyway, he sent me a Twitter message which linked to a blog post, a very short blog post, and I wanted to share it with you. And so basically he says, when I read this, I thought of you. That's it. It's a Twitter message, a direct message from Daniel Johnson Jr. to me. He says, when I read this, I thought of you. And so I clicked on the link, obviously. And it is a link to Seth Godin's blog. Now, Seth Godin is a wonderful marketing genius guru kind of guy. And he really talks about things from the perspective of perspective of today's online culture and and not just our online culture but just our culture in general how how we reach each other with uh, relationships of influence and and how the old methods of marketing are are kind of gone the way of being really obsolete and one of the things that people ask me as a podcast consultant they many times they want to hire me to give to help them build a strategy to gain you know thousands upon thousands of listeners they they want me to help them grow their audience and i really don't do a whole lot of consulting in that realm I, what i do is i say listen here's what i i would suggest let's go ahead and schedule ourselves two or three hours whatever you find is best you put together a bunch of questions that's just a ton of questions that you can think of We'll answer all those questions, and what I'd love to do is with whatever time's remaining, if that's maybe an hour, if it's maybe an hour and a half, if it's you know, 45 minutes, what I'd like to do is I'd love, love to share with you the things that I feel have led to the, I, I, I struggle to say popularity, but yeah, the popularity of the shows that I produce. Uh, some of that, some of it was timing, some of it was luck, some of it was very strategic in my part of of the naming of podcasts. There were there were um, 
you know, there, there's a whole number of factors, I, and and it's not necessarily that that I would ever promote to my clients or promote to my clients. Yeah, promote. I would never promote the idea among my my consulting clients that if you take notes and listen to what I've done and you go through step by step and did and do what I did, that you will experience success. That, that, see, I I am not about that kind of consulting. In fact, my consulting. Uh, as a podcast consultant, is is more of a technical nature and answering questions. But but then again, I I'm being told time and time again from my clients that they get a lot of great marketing insight uh, when they are talking with me, and it's helped them to grow their audience. And and many of you have emailed me and said, Cliff, we've heard you say before that you don't do a whole lot of stuff in marketing, but but you don't understand. I, I've you're just a natural marketer. It just comes to you. And and so today I wanted to to just share with you what I read in this very short blog post over at Seth Godin, that's S-E-T-H-G-O-D-I-N dot typepad dot com. And if you go over there, it, it basically will uh, pull up the most recent April 10th edition of his blog. And Daniel, thank you very much for forwarding this. Now, I have never attempted to be a rock star marketer. And I I still struggle to even see myself as a marketer. But I do see how many things that I do, I I think, you know, how can I push this idea out there? How can I gain buy-in on this? And it's not because I want to become rich. It's not because I want to become famous. While I will be honest with you and upfront and transparent, would I like to uh, benefit financially from the work that I do? Absolutely. Would I love to not worry about, you know, how are we going to pay for the groceries next month? Absolutely. But that's not why I do what I do. And and what do I, I my my number one love language if you've ever listened to uh, familyfromtheheart.com starting with episode number 3 see this is you hear me cross promoting shows that's marketing i guess right so anyway and, and if you start with episode number 3 over at familyfromtheheart.com uh i did the five love languages and my love language is encouraging words or words of affirmation so I love a pat on the back and and to become famous is like, ooh, you know, that's just the adoration of people. Like, sure, that there there's a little bit of that in me, maybe a lot of bit of that in me, but it's not why. It's not what drives me. It's not what drives the money, financial success and and um, popularity among people is not what drives me. I'd say there's something deeper within me that drives me, and it's a passion. It's a passion for podcasting, obviously, for podcastanswerman.com. It's a passion for relationships and community, which is gspn.tv as a whole. Uh, Check it out over at gspn.tv slash about. And then, of course, there is, you know, passion for certain TV shows, which, gosh, 200 and some odd episodes of the Weekly Lost podcast. There is passion for my faith, which is, you know, I think we're over a 100 episodes of the Almost Daily Devotional now. And if not, I'm actually, I'm certain. I think I did episode 117. And, And there's just so many things that I'm passionate. And so what drives me is my passion. And I will tell you that that is the key thing. What is your passion? Be passionate about it. But there is something that is in this blog. It's uh, His blog entry is titled, Opening Acts and Rock Stars. And I, I have no grand illusion of seeing myself as a rock star and calling myself a rock star. 
except for the fact that I understand what what Seth Godin means when he titles or describes somebody as a quote unquote rock star. So with that, I think I fit within his definition, and which is why, and the only reason I think that is because somebody like a Daniel Johnson Jr. will come along and say, "Hey, when I read this, I thought of you." And so, you know, it, it, it honestly, it's kind of humbling to to think that you know that's wow, that that's cool. I'm glad that somebody sees me as as that guy, and that'll make sense, I guess. Um, when I read this blog post, that you're probably saying, "Okay, Cliff, uh, will you just read it?" <laughs> and there goes my uh, Twitter. I should have uh, turned that off, but I didn't. Anyway, the opening act is has the toughest gig in town. This is starting out now. I'm reading Seth Godin's blog. The audience isn't there to listen to you. They're real. They're restless. Perhaps you'll get a few seconds to earn their attention, but not much. Your gimmicks will fall flat if you and you might even get booed off the stage. The rock star, on the other hand, has the crowd chanting for him before he even shows up. He starts a song and people applaud. They sing along. They even finish his lyrics for him. Most marketers are just opening acts. The ad or blog post or tweet is a desperate attempt at attention at keeping people from switching it off or booing. The posture of the marketer who is an opening act is unstable and a little sad. Some marketers are rock stars. How'd that happen? I'd argue that the two keys to becoming a rock rock star marketer are, number one, settle for a tiny audience that views you as a star not as an opening act, then grow that audience. And number two, be really good. I just went to see Keller Williams in concert. Without a doubt, he's a genius and a rock star. If he tried to pull off this stuff as an opening act for someone else, he'd be booed off the stage, but he doesn't because he's a rock star. And if he was selling something, I'd buy it. That's it. That that's the blog post. It's short, sweet, to the point. I love this. Daniel Johnson Jr., thank you so much for forwarding this to me. And uh you know, it, I'll be honest with you. I I I I try to be more of what I preach. You know, the, the whole thing of practicing what you preach is huge for me. Uh and I don't always do it. I fail miserably sometimes following my own advice. But the advice that I sometimes give uh, is brilliant, and and I wish I could follow it to the letter of the law, and I would be so self-disciplined that I wouldn't let other things get in the way and distract me from the things that I know I ought to do. And so I'll tell you, if you guys ever listened to Leo Laporte, This Week in Tech, if you're like me, you're probably just downright tired of him poo-pooing Twitter all the time. Now, at the same time, I can understand where a lot of people are just downright set, you know, sick of them doing entire episodes where all they do is talk about Twitter uh, and nothing else. But I, I don't, I personally, I don't mind that because in my mind, Twitter is like this big growing thing and it's an ongoing tech story and I love Twitter. Um, I, I'm passionate about Twitter and there, if I had more time in the day and if I weren't trying to pursue a balance, pursue a balanced life, I might even attempt 
to to start a podcast calling you know uh my love for twitter.com or something i don't know I, i'd love to do a podcast devoted to twitter and why i like it and all the different nuances of it that just make it an, an awesome medium but one of the things that just strikes me as odd is that leo laporte seems so down on twitter all the time uh, and and yet at the same time, it seems to be that he's very upset and very bitter that he's no longer quote unquote the most followed person on Twitter, and 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 you know there's this there's been this ongoing race you know when he's on top when he's in the top five of people being followed the top five most popular people on Twitter then he loves Twitter and when he's not then he doesn't and and Leo Laporte if you're listening I, I love you man I mean seriously. I love you, I look up to you, and I admire you, and and I just appreciate um, all the uh, inspiration you've given to me as a podcaster. You're the first podcaster I ever listened to, and um, I, you know, I, I thank you for the time that I had a chance to chat with you in the past and talk about uh, certain equipment, and you led me in the direction of the high OPR40s, which I now sell, by the way, anybody that's listening. Um but but Leo, you know, I it's just like oh, don't poo poo my Twitter, okay? Seriously though, um, but what happens is I get caught up in this too. So Leo, when I get upset with you, I I find that oftentimes I get upset with other people out there who do things that you know reveal a hidden real issue within myself. And so I find myself looking at my twitter.com slash gspn. And sometimes I find myself going and and looking to see that I have one thousand six hundred or one thousand nine hundred and sixty seven followers. And then I look at my friends and I say, well, they've got two thousand eight hundred followers. And then I say, you know, and then all of a sudden the next thing I know is I've got one thousand nine hundred and seventy five followers. And then I, I start tweeting and, and I say, hey, I'm going on vacation and hey, I'm going and doing this. And the next thing I know, it's like I had 1,975 followers, but now I only have 1,967. Oh, my gosh. Those tweets that I just sound out just lost eight followers. Oh, my gosh. Eight people just stopped checking out what I'm doing. Oh, my gosh. My heart breaks. And I'm, you know, I'm making light of this, but it's, I'm, t- I'm being honest with you. I it it's like oh but you know what that go that violates what I preach it violates the principle of caring less about the people who could care less about you I mean I and, and I don't mean like write them off the face but but care less about those people you know you and, and what and 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 it, I'm using a play on the word here care more about the people who care more about you. It's this reciprocity, I think. Is that anyway, it, it's this this idea of of you know those who are investing in you, invest in them. Take that time. Look at what Seth Seth says in his blog. It's so true. Settle for a tiny audience that views you as a star, not as an opening act. There are, you know, hey, the the fact that I have one thousand anything. You know, the, uh, I mean, sure, it's almost 2,000, and, and in my mind, there's like this next rock star status when I hit 2,000. Whatever. What does that really mean? It, it's, it's stupid, it's silly, and I have no idea why I focus on that number. It doesn't mean anything. Because honestly, if I only had 190, 196 people who follow me on Twitter 
the truth is, if those people who are, are willing to follow me on Twitter, both through all the uh, very informative and entertaining and all this value-added discussion to, to the conversation, if they followed me, not only when I do things that meet their standards, but also they follow me when I go off and say something stupid like, you know, hey, I just poked my wife and blogged about it, which was a blog that post that I did about what Facebook poking is and and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I, I sent that Twitter out. I thought it was funny. And, and boom, it's like some people thought it was great. And, and I lost a couple of followers. I'm like, what? Who cares, though? here's the thing don't get in in, in marketing of these podcasts i love this don't get caught up in the numbers game that and 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 i'll be honest with you some of the times when i share this kind of ad advice advice you like that when i share some of this advice with some of my bigger clients i have some clients out there who who have you know pretty sizable national audiences um, I have clients who are running, you know, who are running for re-election of of certain political offices, you know, as as a new media consultant for them. And when I sit there and say, it, it, it seems, what do you mean? Don't try for the masses. What do you mean we shouldn't try to go viral with this? And it's like it, it it's so counter to what they want. They want masses of they want mass audience appeal. They want they want to immediately go out and have everybody love them and talk about them and share information about them. And I'm like, that just doesn't jive for me. It, it, you know, one of the things that I tell my, my clients uh, when I'm consulting with them, where I'm at today, I did not get here three months after I started podcasting, not even nine months after I started podcasting. It wasn't until two years of doing this before I even thought of doing this as a full-time career. And I'll be honest with you, in in all senses of the term in all senses of the term in all all in all reality, how's that? In all reality, the, every sign said it was too early for me to break out and do this as a career. It, it you know, it 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 was a total god thing in in my mind and so I did it and and by golly, I'm I'm thankful that I'm I've learned more about my faith than any time other any other time in my life. But but the fact is is that I did not have the audience size or the amount of income, not even a clue where the amount of income would come for me to provide for my family. And yet um that's after 2 years of podcasting. Now I would say that if you look at where we are today with the amount of consulting work that I'm doing, the amount of equipment sales that I'm selling, you know, mixers and microphones and and all this other stuff and the, and recorders and and if you look at the amount of plus members we have, we we just added our 270th gspn.tv plus member who are paying $10 a month. Uh, we're getting closer to that outrageous goal of 500 people paying $10 a month to listen to our our programming over at gspn.tv. It's amazing. It's amazing. But even still, I'm I'm three and a half years into this thing now, and I'm still not at the place where really honestly I I want to be minimally. But I'm not trying to go out and market in such a way that I am, you know, 
saying, hey, look at me, come follow me. But at times I, I feel like I am. It's like, why can't I just, why can't I just have 4,000 people follow me on Twitter? Because that'd be 4,000, that'd be 2,000 more that, that would hear, you know, and see what's going on and, and all the amazing stuff, the conversations, the community. No. It, it, what's worked for me is settling for a tiny audience who've used me, not, not, and this is Seth's language, not mine. It, it, how about settling for a tiny, tiny audience that values me as a person and what I have to offer? How's can I? Say, I I like that much better than saying as a star. I don't. I don't. I'm not a star. I'm I'm a, I'm a guy who is passionate. Okay, and I and 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 my passionate. I my pa- sharing my life from my passion is is something that people enjoy. They're attracted to, and 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 I believe that that. Some of the insights of just living life by faith and and by just taking life by the horns and saying, "Hey, let's wrestle with this thing." I, people find value in that, and I think that that's what it is. And 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 so I found that audience who values those things, even values the things where I totally screw up. I stick my foot in my mouth. I say the wrong things and I anger some people even within the community. But at the same time, those people stick with me. Those are the people. Those are the people that I focus my attention on. And these are the people who, as Seth Godin would say, consider me not as an opening act, but I'm the person who they came to 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 hang out with for the next two hours and and listen to me you know do a jam here behind the microphone i and and it's weird honestly it's weird for me to to think that any of you out there devote so much time to listening to me in fact a friend of mine uh, out there i it was funny i called him up i was on vacation and i got an email from him and i and i and it was a couple hours after the email i think that he had sent it and and i I I picked up the phone and I dialed him because I you know we're I I try to have as many re- open relationships with our listeners as possible and I called him at work and said hey I got your email and he says oh that's weird and I'm like what he says I was just listening to a podcast produced by Cliff Ravenscraft and I answered the phone and who's on the phone Cliff Ravenscraft and I'm like yeah okay it's just me. But uh, it, you know, it just it boggles my mind that you guys listen to me. So, so any thought that I'm a pompous, arrogant, you know, rock star over here—that's not what I am at all. But uh, so, but I do, you know, I okay, I don't always stay um, con, con, content to to settle for a tiny audience, but I should. It's something that I'm gonna. You, if you ever get tired of hearing me say. Focus on the audience that you already have and invest in them. Ask them what they want and and give them what they desire. That's how you grow things. And when you grow things that way, they grow slowly. But here's what I've learned about things that grow slowly. Things that grow slowly last longer. They, they're not here today and gone tomorrow. For example, let's just say I just gave you the podcast of my life and I posted some show notes that just is like, wow, that's amazing stuff. 
and you guys all dig it, and let's just say I get 8,000 digs, I make it to the homepage of dig.com, Dig Nation and Alex and and, uh, Kevin sit there and spend, you know, almost half their entire podcast talking about this one episode that I did. You know what's going to happen? It's going to be explosive. It's going to go viral, And, and, and I will have... You know, of downloads on this one, I would have 750,000 or, or you know, 1.5 million downloads of episode whatever of PodcastAnswerMan.com. And do you know what would happen in three months from then? I'd go right back down to the numbers before that ever happened. Well, maybe not completely. Honestly, I know about the fact that if you reach large, massive audiences out there, um, you're bound to pick up some traction and, and some people will stick. But you know what? Those are people who, who it, it, it's all good, but here's what I don't want. I don't want, I don't want 750,000 people who only come and listen to me one time and say, gosh, what an opening act he was. You know, and it, it's just not what I want. I want to, I want people, you know, word of mouth. I want, I want to, uh, find people. I want to join in community with them. I want to, uh, I, you know, I have a community known as gspn.tv. Again, gspn.tv slash about, read about it. Um, go to gspn.tv slash forum, read through there, look at the conversations we're having. But I am not only a member of this community. You know, I'm not only just a leader of this community, but I'm member. I'm a member of many other communities. I'm a member of the SQPN community. I'm a member of a Twitter community. I'm a member of the New Media New Media Cincinnati community. I'm a member of the Watermark Community Church community. I'm a member of a bunch of other communities out there. I. I I interact, and some of them I'm I'm more of an occasional. I, I I'm a I'm a community lurker for 48days.net and and uh, the 48 Days to the Work You Love podcast and and um, you know the the Diva Cast. You know the Hey Diva Girls, hello. I'm still I'm still lurking in there every now and then. Carries uh, words to mouth. You know I, I I'll download an episode here and there whenever I find a book and know that she's done an author. I I'm I I participate in these communities with these people and those are the places where I build relationships and these are the people who just naturally start talking about some of the things that I'm doing. And so I love this this idea about marketing and it's something that thank you Daniel Johnson Jr for pointing this out to me. How how do you make this happen? How do you become a mark how do you market what you're doing and and be a rock star at the same time? Number 1 Settle for a tiny audience that views you as a valuable source of information or a rock star (laughs) and not as an opening act, okay? And then grow that audience. Grow that audience from within that audience and then be really good. Be passionate. Do the things that come natural for you to do. Send the tweets that are from the heart. Don't worry about what words you're going to use or what words you're going to avoid to not offend somebody and lose three or four followers. Don't worry about it. Grow the relationships. Interact with the people who follow you. Follow those who follow you. Now, if that, that, now there's, the, there's one for you. I have 1,967 people 
and I only follow 512. Well, the reason is, is because the if you look at the difference and you subtract it out, which I'm not going to do math right here, uh, but anyway, if you subtract it out, 512, those are the people who have interacted with me personally, and I've interacted with them. And I can tell you that that the rest of those are just people who followed me. They are just people who followed me. And um, if I follow them back, um, or if they interact with me and I, I, I see an at reply to something I've said, I will, I will look to check to see if I'm following them, if I don't recognize them. If I'm not and we've interacted with each other, boom, step one of a possible relationship. I go and follow them and then I respond to them. That's one person at a time. And I will tell you, in the past, I've tried to do things to artificially inflate Twitter numbers and Twitter followers and, and stuff like that. And sure, I have some great marketing gimmicky ideas, but they don't work. Chuck the gimmicks and invest in relationships. That's marketing your podcast. So you hear it here. You hear it once again. Just go out and start finding out. If you have 50 people downloading your podcast, you've heard it before, you'll hear it again, get the names of those 50 people. Make it a game for you. Make it a passion of yours and interact with those people. Interact with those people. I guarantee you, if you do that and invest in relationships with those people, you will grow your audience. It will just happen. Don't take my word for it. Try it. Tell me if it doesn't work. Let me know. Anyway, I do want to just share with you some other things here that are in my inbox. Podcast Answer Man. And uh, let's see here. Got a voicemail. Let's see. Voicemail. Podcast Answer Man. Let me go ahead and play this one real quick. Not even sure who this is from at this point. Um, It might be from Steve McQueen. So let's check it and see. Hey, Cliff, this is Steve McQueen from Indiana and the Motorcycle Nation podcast. Uh, This question is one for the podcast answer man. And I was wondering, I would like to get a bunch of people together one night just to talk about motorcycles via talk shoe. And uh, I was wondering, if we do that and we record it on talk shoe, can we then take that recording itself and move it over to um, our own domain put it on our own site, and if we can, I would like to know uh, how we can do that, and um, I just look forward to, to you answering this question, and I um, want to tell everybody out there that Podcast Answer Man rocks, gspn.tv rocks, and everybody should become a Plus member. Have a good day, Cliff. Catch you later. All right, Steve. Thank you so much. And uh, Steve's another one of those guys that that's a member of our community. And I just, Steve, I thank you and I appreciate you uh, to no end. And I, I wish I had more time to just tell you how much I appreciate you on a regular basis because you're always out there helping to promote the the word of gspn.tv, our community, and and the equipment sales and consulting. And and thank you for being a client too, by the way. Um, so to answer your question. Talkshoe.com is a great service. Um, I've definitely had some, you know, ups and downs in the past and and stuff like that. But still, overall, technically speaking, it is a great service that um, allows you to do uh, record phone calls as a conference call. It's got a pretty decent chat system that goes along with it. And and there's another tweet that's just come in. 
And uh, TalkShoe is great. I love TalkShoe uh, as far as how it works. I, I don't use it myself as much anymore because I, I've kind of transitioned how I do my live shows. But yeah, what it'll do is is you can dial in by phone, start the recording. You can invite other people to dial in and call in with you. You have a community call. You can you can mute and unmute people as much as you like. And then what you're doing is the talk show is recording the entire phone conversation. Once you're finished with that conversation, let's say you've had an hour-long dialogue about motorcycling, and you hit stop on the recorder, and it says uh, recording has been completed. And then it's it's done. And then what will happen is you have a page on TalkShoe that's devoted to your show, uh, MC Nation or whatever. Uh, he does mcnationpodcast.com. Anyway, um, so you, on your TalkShoe page, once your show is complete and you terminate it, it will go through a processing process. Uh, 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 processing uh, phase. And once it's processed, it will then show up as an MP3 file on your page. Uh, so that recording will be there. So all you do is you go to that your TalkCast page uh, on, on TalkShoe and you download, click to download that MP3 file. Then what you can do, and I would suggest doing this, is upload it, uh, open it up into your uh, 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 editing editing software, which I like Adobe Audition 2.0 um, or, or 3.0 as it is today. Open it up. I would go ahead and definitely lop off the beginning, you know, the the first 15 seconds that says talk shoe recorded live. Get rid of that and, and, and then you can, of course, edit out anything you want to edit out. Uh, I would throw a hard limiter on there, which basically would raise the audio levels all up as high as they'll go, but never going above a threshold uh, so that your audio is never peaked. Save that file back out, and then you just upload that MP3 that you've edited from, that you, you downloaded from TalkShoe, you've edited, and now you're going to tag it with your album artwork and title and, and, and genre and stuff like that. Once it's tagged, you upload it up into your Libsyn account, which I happen to know you have, and then you go in and post it just as though you would have recorded any other show. Now, that being said, for those who are considering doing this kind of show on a regular basis and you want a better audio quality than just where you and everybody all sound like you're on the telephone together, uh, you can get a real, uh, what I would consider to be like a uh, an FM or AM talk show um, sound quality, actually FM talk show quality, if you if you would. And, and but what I do is I use a broadcast host to dial out to talk show. And that's what allows me to do this. Let me uh, click here and unmute. So I'm able to uh, bring the telephone into my recording, just like you heard there, the dial tone. Uh, and just where you heard the dial tone, that's how you would hear people uh, that were dialing in to talk shoe and I can unmute them one at a time. And, and it's like I I could have a hundred people all sitting there ready and queued up to talk to me and I unmute them. And how the way that I do it is I bring all my audio into a mixer and then I send all of my audio out of the mixer into an Edderall digital audio recorder. And my voice sounds just like what you have, what you hear here. And the voice of the caller sounds like this. And I'm going to dial in to my broadcast host from my cell phone and, and let you hear what it sounds like. Okay. So what you're hearing right now 
is me dialed in to my or into my broadcast host from my cell phone. Now I'm having a hard time talking because I'm hearing myself through my studio headphones in a slight delay, but if you were on the phone, you would definitely not be hearing that at all. So anyway, just wanted to give you a little sound of what it sounds like when somebody's dialed in to talk shoe, for example, and they're coming in on my broadcast post into my mixer. And now I'm back in the studio. And so I could have a conversation with myself back and forth, or with, well, with myself, with the folks. And I sound like I'm in studio and they sound like they're on the telephone. And it sounds just like a regular radio show that you've always listened to. In fact, I have several clients that have uh, nationally known radio shows that they do. And I am a consultant for them on how to do their podcasting of their shows. And uh, when I go to visit some of the local radio stations here in Cincinnati, I walk into the producer's booth and they have the same piece of equipment, this JK Audio broadcast host, or they have a Tello system. They both do pretty much the same thing. And uh, if you're ever interested in anything like that, I do sell that equipment as well. But Steve, thank you for your for your call in. And if you guys are motorcyclists, I really encourage you to go to mcnationpodcast.com. And there is a, a WordPress blog with all of his stuff that he's gotten uh, worked in. And it looks like he's now on episode number eight. And I'm so glad that we finally finally got this all taken care of um as far as getting you out of the old um i think he had a blogger blog or he had a he had his show hosted somewhere else actually no i think he was like podbean or something and we got converted over to his own wordpress installation looks like he's in need of some theme work so steve if you if you want to get in there and do some theme work let me know uh, but otherwise, check it out, folks, uh, mcnationpodcast.com. I'll tell you what, I'm already at 37 minutes into this one. I'll be back again next Monday. I have been working on leading a more balanced life, which uh, when it came down to it, I decided that I really needed to evaluate the number of shows that I produce. And so with that, this idea of putting out short, you know, five short episodes uh, each week for Podcast Answer Man. Uh, it didn't make much sense. Uh, I've been reading a book called The f- uh, 4-Hour Work Week, which I have no desire to work a 4-Hour Work Week because I there's too much I love to do that requires much more of my time, and that's what I do for a living. I love doing what I love for a living. But anyway, that's besides the point. What I wanted to tell you is that there's this thing called batch processing, which I learned is very helpful in keeping an inbox zero except for when you go away on vacation for 10 days. Uh, But Inbox Zero is achievable and uh, can be a daily reality for you if you do this thing called batch processing. And I have also decided to apply that to Podcast Answer Man in that instead of doing five separate episodes, which all have set up and pre-production, production, production and post-production time, uh, I've found that I'm able to save at least an hour and a half to two hours a week in pre and post production even as little as I do just by doing one you know 40 minute to a 1 hour show once a week so it's the same amount of content each week but at the same time it's uh it's uh it, it's it's a lot more doable with the over 20 episodes a week that we release at gspn.tv which of course podcast answer man is a part of 
And uh, I'll tell you what, how about one more? How about one more? Um, do, 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 do. One more voicemail. How's this? And then then I'll wrap things up because I do want to give you at least one more. And here it is. This comes from Tess in England, although there are two in here. Hmm. Let's go ahead and go to this one first. Hi, Cliff. This is Tess from London, England, except uh, since I've moved to South Wales now, I guess I'm not from London, England anymore. Um, but then again, I can't do a Welsh accent either. So maybe we'll just continue being Tess from London, England for the time being. Now, I have a question about how the uh, description field in iTunes gets populated, because when you download a, a podcast, it tends to have in the description field the uh, text that was in the blog post that went along with that uh, file. Um, but that just seems to appear in iTunes. It's not something that I appended in the tags for the file itself. So I was wondering, is there any way I can override it if I wanted to put my own show notes in that field? Or am I stuck with um, whatever I happen to put in the blog post that FeedBurner has found on my website? Okay, very good question. Now, here, let me explain to you what she's talking about here. The, if you open up your iTunes, for those of you who use iTunes, um, and click on your podcasts, uh, then you'll see the name of the podcast. Then you might have the kind, the bit rate, the time, the release date. And then there's this thing called description. And it's usually, by default, if you have just your default settings on everything, what's going to happen is iTunes is going to read your blog entry or your show notes page where this podcast came from. And it's only going to get the first certain number of characters. I don't know if it's 250 characters or if it's you know, 1,000 characters. I don't know. But it, it's usually about a paragraph and a half worth of data that it'll pull from your thing. But if you want – what Tess is wondering is she wants to know if she can actually dictate what goes into that – what iTunes pulls from the RSS feed. And the answer to that question is, well, yes, in a way – the easiest way to do it is to whatever you want to fit into that description on iTunes, that's what you want to put at the very top of your show notes section. And that way uh, you will be able to make sure that that's what appears. And and of course, uh, the the problem that you run into is what if I want something else to be at the top of my blog post entry that goes along with the podcast uh, for, as the show notes? And I want that to be different than the description here. Well, um, that can be done. It takes a lot of behind-the-scenes work, and it you have to really hack that um, code in WordPress or whatever you're using to really hack into what is going to be pulled as the description in your RSS feed. Now, if you were hand coding, you I don't know if you people know this, but you can hand code your RSS feed. Uh, I would not suggest doing it. It has to be literally perfect or otherwise you get one character out of place and your feed is dead. Uh, and But this is how we started out. When we started podcasting, we had to create our own feeds. We, we, we opened up a, a text editor and by golly, we started coding that baby. It's back like, just like back in the old days of HTML. Uh, and it's just, it's just XML. So, so you could go in and you could hack that, but there's no easy way to do it. Now, um, she also wrote back, or she and I, Tess and I talked a little bit uh, offline, outside of things, and she told me that she found somebody 
for some reason, she found somebody who seemed to be able to get their entire post instead of a, uh, what do you call that, when a truncated, instead of getting truncated uh, or, you know, where it only does the first paragraph and a half, where somebody was able to get their entire post in there. Now, the person she pointed to was the Praxis podcast, which happens to be done by a friend of mine named uh, D.G. Hollums. Now, I happen to know that D.G. behind the scenes uses the uh, PodPress plugin. I am not a fan of the PodPress plugin, but it's the only thing that I know for a fact that has that is anything different from what he is doing than anybody else on average. And his entire show notes section will show up in the description in iTunes. So my my thinking behind this is that PodPress is actually uh, modifying the plugin is modifying that RSS feed. And and I as a matter of fact, I know for a fact it is because that's what PodPress is for. It's so that you don't need a service like FeedBurner to go and make your feed, your RSS feed, are. Um, iTunes compatible. And so they programmed it in such a way that it says, hey, when you're looking for a description, here's what I want you to get. I want you to get this full blog post. And so, yeah, that's that's pretty much how that's happening there. Again, uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think she decided to just kind of leave it uh, as is and, and trying to manipulate it by what she puts in her blog entries for those podcast episodes. And um, you know, don't take that as gospel truth here. I mean, there there are more than one way to skin a cat. I'm just not a fan of of uh, PodPress or PowerPress simply because they're plugins that do so many different things that I hate the thought that if there's an upgrade to WordPress, which there often is, that that because these things do five, six, seven different tasks with one plugin. Uh, sometimes one or two of those tasks can be broken with an upgrade of WordPress, and those always lead me to more consulting calls where we go, where I go through and try to help people, you know, who have just upgraded their WordPress to, in essence, either one restore from a backup and downgrade their WordPress, or two uninstall uh, PodPress and then, you know, go about doing things the other way and. And it's it's always a hassle. So uh, something I don't mind doing because it, it gives me job security. But at the same time, I'm not a fan of PowerPress or PodPress. Uh, they, I mean, I've never had anybody with a problem with PowerPress yet. But I, again, I'm a minimalist when it comes to plugins. I love plugins for WordPress. I use some WordPress plugins. In fact, I did an episode uh, devoted to that. And I will tell you real quickly what it is. Uh, WordPress plugins and, that I use. Where are they? Man, I do too many podcast episodes. Let's see here. WordPress plugins I use. Episode number 84. Wow, that was a while ago. Doesn't seem that long ago. But anyway, um, so I do use plugins. Episode 84 will tell you which ones I use, why I use them. But I only use plugins that do one thing. That way, if I upgrade WordPress and something gets broken and it's not working and people are reporting, I can't do this or I can't download your show or your show's not showing up or it's doing this, then I can troubleshoot it one plugin at a time. I can find the plugin that's not working. I can get in touch with the author. I can try to find a different plugin. I can try to find a workaround. And it's always easier for me 
when I do that. If if instead, let's just say an author is no longer creating that pod that that plugin anymore. They're no longer supporting that plugin that did five different things, and all of a sudden it breaks. One of the things breaks. Well, then I don't like the idea that you know it. it you know I have to find something to fix not only the thing that broke, but now I've got to find all these other plugins to do these other things. When that may create a lot of additional going back and doing things a different way all the way back for the last 65 episodes that I've done. Or maybe those, you know, the first 50 will no longer be accessible via RSS or something. It's crazy. I've seen this and and that's why I share that with you. She does have another question. So this will be the last question for this episode this week. And uh, here it comes. Hi, Cliff. Tess here again. I've got another question for the Podcast Answer Man. When you create websites for a show like Podcast Answer Man, where you have two different websites, podcastanswerman.com and gspn.tv, both pointing to the same MP3 feed, how are the multiple sites organized? Do you have two WordPress installations or even two hosting packages to go with the two separate domain names? Does one of the websites get populated by a feed from the other? Or do you post to both separately and have FeedBurner take a feed from only one of them? All right. Great question. Now, what she's talking about, if you go to podcastanswerman.com, that is one it, that is one installation of WordPress. If you go to gspn.tv and then from that page, you look at technology podcasts and then you highlight over that or click on that or highlight over it and then go down to Podcast Answer Man. That is actually a category of another installation of WordPress, and they have the same information in it, uh, but it's not auto-populated. What I do is when I, as a matter of fact, I it, this episode here of, of Podcast Answer Man, I am going to, um, oh gosh, it's two o'clock. I need to head out for a consulting call. But anyway, I'm going to post this episode here. Then I'm going to post post it on podcastanswerman.com. I'm going to post it at the same time over at gspn.tv. But then I'm also going to post it over at gspn.tv slash plus access. And the reason why uh, the I only tell FeedBurner uh, for iTunes to go and get it from podcastanswerman.com slash feed. And that, the reason why is because that's the only one I'm sending to iTunes. The reason why I post another episode in a subcategory over at gspn.tv is because we have this all-inclusive free feed. And so people who are signed up to receive every podcast that I produce, I want to make sure that it also picks up the Podcast Answer Man episode. So that's why I post it there. But then I also post it over at the Plus member-only site. And and the reason for that is because there are people who are subscribed to um, the Plus member-only um all-inclusive feed, which, of course, gets every episode of every podcast, not just only the free episodes that that the gspn.tv all-inclusive feed gets. That might all be confusing, but then again, I may be underestimating your intelligence, and if I've done that, I apologize. Folks, I have to run. I Gosh, I, I didn't realize this was going to be this long, but it is. And uh, happy Monday to you guys. Hope you had a great Easter, and... Uh, Thank you guys for hanging out with me here on the Podcast Answer Man Show. You can call in your questions, area code 859-795-4067, 859-795-4067. Leave me a voicemail. 
Um, if you are in the need for any audio equipment for your podcast, microphones, um, mixers, recorders, any audio equipment at all, please contact me. Uh, if you are in need of consulting work, you want help installing WordPress or something like that, give me a call. Area code 859-795-4067 or email me, cliff at gspn.tv.